hey, real quick, if you can and you're willing to support us uh, in whatever way you can, we always really appreciate it. And with the best ways to do that, go to patreon.com slash podcast. Pick a tier that's right for you and support us if you can. We would really appreciate you. Lots of really cool benefits there. Go check them out. Also, don't give up the ship apparel. It's dgutsapparel.com. Get yourself some Naval Pride and Heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, all kinds of cool shower shoes, little like uh, drawstring bags, all kinds of cool stuff, a bunch of really cool custom stickers, and then the challenge coins and, and don't give up the ship podcast apparel is there as well. So please, if you can and you're willing to support us, Go to those two places uh, and find whatever way works best for you. It's dgutsapparel.com and patreon.com slash dgutspodcast. Thank you. What's up, everybody? Let's spin some yarn. Good God. I, uh, first of all, am not dead. Uh, the rumors of my demise have been greatly exaggerated. I had a bunch of people uh, reach out asking me like, hey, is everything okay? There hasn't been a podcast in a while. Um, for those of that have been around for a hot minute, I take a break around the holidays almost every year for a few weeks um and uh i usually post something on instagram or something which i guess i didn't do so my bad but i'm fine everything's fine uh i had a bit of a a weird holiday um i so first of all i uh woke up on christmas morning with a cough that turned into like a really nasty flu basically um like sore throat um hacking up mucus uh other things i won't get into that were not fun <laughs> that come along with that sort of thing uh you all don't need to hear about my bowel movements um but so it was na- it was gnarly i had a really bad it took like until new year's day where i was like i didn't feel like crap and then even to this day i'm coughing up mucus which is absurd and i don't know why um but you know it is what it is. So there was that. And then um, the transition. So like I I had a job, which some of you may know, like I, I got hired in by a, a like a contractor for the Department of the Navy to, to develop training for CSs. Um, so I got like, a, well, I got I got the job offer, signed an offer letter, all this crap. But it was it was dependent upon a contract being awarded. The contract fell through because banana like it's a government inefficiency um so i didn't and i didn't find out until like two weeks before i was supposed to start so i had to pivot to hey i'm gonna be a full-time college student now um but you know you can't just like start college whenever you want so uh, i couldn't start till january 3rd full-time where i wanted to go um and i had to like go through the process of applying for uh va benefits for education and blah 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 so like i just started school after the holidays on january 3rd finally um and it's a little bit of an adjustment to because i'm commuting about this about 30 minutes it's about as far as i was driving to work so it's not a big deal but like so i'm commuting and i had to like get my whacked out sleep schedule in check because i was just like you know partying like it's 1999 not really i was like just sleeping all day and like doing whatever i want with my time and i had to like adjust back into like a structure which which is good um i'm a lot more productive as an adult i'm a lot more efficient at just adulting um when i'm on a schedule but anyway 
And then uh, just like learning, like assimilating, like, you know, that those like happy Gilmore memes that go around. Is it happy? Gilmore? No, Billy Madison, where you're like sitting in the elementary school and you're like a grown adult and you're like looking her. It's kind of like that. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm older than every student in my uh, psychology class and the professor. So that's neat. Um, but yeah, just a, it's been an adjustment. It's been kind of a weird period. So I took a little more time just because I was like trying to juggle the flaming chainsaws like it's not it's not super stressful or anything like I enjoy it I'm having fun it was just like the like getting my hands around being a college student like learning my way around campus and getting into the like uh, rhythm of homework and getting into the rhythm of like post COVID technology based college delivery which is kind of odd like they just like flippantly like three hours before class will be like oh some it's raining so we're doing it on zoom or whatever and that's i'm exaggerating but like like my perfect one of my professors has a cold for the entire freaking class basically so like i haven't been to this one in-person class ever like we've just been doing them all on zoom um statistics sucks statistics suck by the way sorry there's a lot of s's in there um that's that class but anyway so that took, that's a four minute explanation of, uh, oh my God, I'm trying to figure that out. Uh, and I feel like I got my arms around it now, but also I've been part of it, part of the not podcasting as well. Um, even though I've been pretty motivated to do it recently is this video stuff is still just bludgeoning me over the head with a blunt object. I am currently recording and hopefully it doesn't die. I'm currently recording video on a, the original camera that I had on a little tripod that's not... I've been trying to connect to the newer camera, which is a slightly newer version of the one I'm using right now, uh, as like a webcam so that I can stream, so that I can like just record straight to the computer and go into editing and all this other crap. And it is destroying uh, what's tiny little shards of my soul are left trying to figure this out. So if I got any AV nerds in the audience, please hit me up. I have I I, I won't bore you with the technical details here because most people don't care. But I I would really love to get this process um, finalized or whatever and just set up so I can just like click record and start rolling. But we'll see what happens. Hopefully I have video for this. So that's the other thing, but that's the other thing that's been killing me is I really want to do video and I haven't been able to figure out how to do video without it being all glitchy or without the quality being acceptable to me or whatever. So here we are and I'm trying this because I'm just at this point where I'm like, I got to do something. And if the video doesn't work out, I'll just post a podcast until I can finally get some help. Um, shout out to Damo. He's been helping me a little bit, but I just like, I, some of it's I'm stubborn and I try to just like YouTube and Google my way out of the problem. And it's like, it's worked for most stuff, but this is just, I'm not smart enough for this. I don't think, or I'm just not looking in the right place or what both. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I need <laughs> help. <laughs> um, but yeah, so with that, all that being said, it's like my, my sloppy, confusing state of the union. Um, but here we are, we're back. I got another podcast that was in the can from before the holidays that I'm going to do the intro outro for and edit, um, this evening as well. So, um, and then I, I got, I'm starting to schedule some podcasts, uh, stuff like that. So we'll, we'll be regular from here on out. 
Um, and I'm, I'm pretty excited about some of the stuff. Like I'm just pumped to, to do it again. Cause that's part of what happens. It's usually like, I just kind of lose some motivation and I got to like kind of push start and get, get rolling again. But here we are, we're back. Um, what I'm going to do today is, is spin the yarn. Basically, uh, I know I didn't start how I normally do, but it's cause it's been a while. Um, I got an email from a listener that I owe an answer to. <laughs> um, and I, it's, it's kind of she had a couple questions and uh, I'm going to go through the, that like those questions and just that as a topic in general, which is kind of an exploration of the identity of uh, and like role of a chief petty officer and, as a, and a first class petty officer, because the person uh, that emailed me is a first class petty officer, but she's a first class petty officer without a chief like she has. There are chiefs in the vicinity, but she doesn't have her own chief. Uh, and so she has she like reaches out for for input. She's been listening to the podcast, which I hope is helpful, um, but uh, has some questions and I'll read through some of it. But like has some questions about uh, kind of um, what to do and kind of how she can make a difference in the way that she feels like she has a capacity to and that she feels like like this responsibility to be doing. Uh, in the role of a first class without a chief, having that scope of influence, et cetera. So um, I'm going to read parts of it and I'll probably summarize some of it. Um, but basically she said for the first thing, it's like uh, f- she's been filling the role of a, an acting uh, department chief for a hot minute, like over, it says over a year. Um, and then talks about having access to chiefs, but doesn't actually have one herself and that she reaches out to seek mentorship and bounce ideas off other chiefs in the building, but the options are limited. And I'm not going to read into that. I'm just assuming like physical proximity and they're busy and whatever. Um, and she, this the, the thing that I thought was the most interesting about this part of it was she gets into like kind of like what is a chief almost and asking that as like this overarching like philosophical question but i also feel like kind of like a functionally like what is a chief and uh when trying to discuss this with other chiefs the answer uh she said she usually gets is you'll find out more once you go through the season which i immediately cringed when i read because to me what i what i read in quotation marks there is i don't know (laughs) like and uh they're like deferring answering the question to the um the weird like enigmatic prism that you step through when you go through the chief season or uh, like that's what we like to imply is like oh when you step behind the looking glass you'll know and it's like oh you'll just know or like like how do i know when i'm in love dad you'll just know son it's like no you no no you like that's not that's not real that's a, a kate hudson movie like calm down this is like when you're asked this question as a chief, I'm not saying you should be able to um, articulate exactly what a chief is, because as as a lot of you have heard me talk about, uh, and I would probably say like within the last year, I've spent a lot of time on this, is I don't think the chief's community knows what a chief is. You know, fight me. Like, I, it, I'm dead serious i don't think because i fancy myself a moderately intelligent human being and i can barely tell you what a chief is i can tell you it like i can articulate pretty well i think 
uh, and passionately what I believe a chief should be. But what a chief is is a lot harder of a conversation to have because there's not a great source document to point at and be like, this is what a chief petty officer is. Like I had that conversation with Dan um, a while back where we were going through, it was for the teaching of the creed episodes. We were going through the article in the, in the early 1900s blue jackets manual. And his thing was like, why isn't this the chief's like ethos or creed or whatever you want to call it? Like, why isn't this like the, the summary of what they talked about in that article that comes at the end of the article it's like you could put bullet points on a like one of those like old uh, like the cart. What do they call it? I think it's called cardstock that like fancy paper that like you'll see in the admin office that they print certain certain like CO's letters on or whatever. Um, like an old like piece of paper and try to make it look cool. And like this, this is it. Like print those with some bullet points with an anchor on it and say this is a CPO creed. And it would already be a, a much more. Um, descriptive and specific concise like this is who we are and what we do type ethos where when you read the Chief Petty Officer's Creed I mean there's a part of me that I I get this little warm fuzzy of, of that like Chief's pride like I'm not above that like trust me I was a Chief for a long time I still consider myself one in, in, in that I went through all those things and did those things for so long um, and I identify with a, a lot of the, and again, probably what I think a chief should be versus what it actually is. But then, yeah, you don't like, you don't come away from reading the chief petty officer's creed with anything other than that warm fuzzy. Like, I don't think, uh, you like someone new to the, the chief's mess could read the chief petty officer's creed and then give you a very, uh, clear and concise answer to, okay, based on what you just read, who are we and what do we do? You know, like I, I, I've always felt that way about the creed. It's not that I hate it. Uh, there's parts of it that I like. There's parts of it that I don't like. But my biggest gripe is that it you don't come away with it with that feeling, right? Mission, vision, guiding principles, much better. Um, does it capture everything? I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I'd have to really like spend some time with that. And maybe I will as part of like some episodes and stuff, but I'd have to really spend some time with that and and spend some time dick like trying to to delineate like, hey, what is a chief? Like, what do we what should we be as a an institution? What should we be as an individual in that leadership role? Like, what are our responsibilities? Blah, blah, blah. Um, But I think it's it's much better if for no other reason than it's a much more clear and concise list of traits that we value so much in a chief petty officer. We put it on a chief eval. Like that's what you're evaluated on the criteria by which you're evaluated as a chief petty officer on your chief eval. It's a list of the mission, vision, guiding principles. So I think that's a way better, way better um, list of, of core like attributes basically. But when you when a first class asks this question, um, I would much rather and this is I'm directing this answer more towards chiefs out there. But I think first classes can can, and anyone really that wants to know could gain a lot more insight from from is you should just try harder. (laughs) Like you should don't 
give them that like first of all shed the whole like super secret squirrel uh outlook because like i challenge anyone outside of intimate like just emotionally vulnerable moments that happen during the chief season just by the nature of of what it is and what we're trying to achieve particularly during final night but even like during trainings and some individual one-on-ones there's some intense moments um and those moments i don't think should be public at all but outside of that there's in my analysis nothing that couldn't be public nothing that you couldn't upload to youtube unless you're doing it wrong and you're going to be the the person or the group that gets it shut down and cover the navy times and all that kind of jazz but um so you can you can have those conversations um with your sailors open your vessel show them your charge book um if it because it's again going back to the the confusion that is drawn from reading the chief petty officer's creed um or other certain documents or just having conversations with chiefs where they tell you you'll find out more when you go through the season it's like if you can't articulate it which again even even if you if you put gun to my head hey describe what a chief petty officer is i gotta stop and be like um okay and and i'm gonna start going into things that um i'm gonna start going into what i think a chief petty officer should be right um because i again i don't think there's a there's a source document that i could quote right like i mean i it's not i don't think there just isn't one so um the the tough part is just like what do you tell them like i I, what i would do what i would recommend is like share with them your experiences share with them uh your insight based on like what you've learned from your mentors open your vessel show them your charge book go through some of that stuff with them um, and you can kind of start to like fill in some of the gaps just by explaining those things and showing them those things and allowing them a little more insight um, and maybe going through the mission vision guiding principles with them. Show them the um, tell them to go through the tradition of change. That's going <laughs> to that's going to be a catalyst for some interesting conversations. But it's I think you're going to get a lot further doing that than you ever will by just telling them, oh, you just got to wait, like just just you'll find out more when you go through all the secret things I can't tell you about that aren't secret at all. I like I, I, that answer really frustrates me. Um, and so she goes on that kind of talk a little bit about, I completely understand, uh, why we have the training process for when a sailor selected to chief. Um, however, she thinks just, you know, if you're a listener, you're going to be like, Oh yeah, so do you, uh, she's like saying it, it's, she thinks the Navy's process is greatly lacking in preparing first classes to to become chief selects. Wholeheartedly agree. There's no robust leadership development and education outside the limited implementation of the INLEC ELD courses to uh, set a, any sailor up to make chief. Just doesn't exist. Um, I like to think I'm trying to fill that. Like I'm, tr- I am trying to fill that gap. I like to think I am a little bit. Um, I hope I, I hope I am. And based on feedback, it seems like, I mean, the people that are aware of and take the time to listen to the podcast benefit in that way from it. But um, 
And she asks, instead of waiting to fit in as much as possible during those six weeks, what is the Navy doing to ensure better quality chiefs now? Nothing. Nothing. Um, the Inlet ELD stuff is encouraging. If it ever gets implemented and, and then mandated as a PMK requirement before you're promoted, um, and then the senior enlisted academy subsequently, like so that, that's more of like a when you're actually a chief and then they have a chief petty officer's course through the NLEC ELD uh, class and the Philippe CPO training team and all this other stuff. Um, if they start mandating and or expanding the capacity of those things or both, I, I think it'll be uh, extremely productive. But right now, what are we doing to ensure better chiefs? Not a damn thing. Because then like ELD isn't that. It doesn't have the capacity. It doesn't have the infrastructure or the manning or the funding to uh, completely fix that. Like it's a Band-Aid on a bullet hole right now. Might get better. Like might become a bandage on a bullet hole. But there's still a bullet hole. Like they until. Um, and I want to. I'm pretty sure I talked about it on a podcast more than once. But until we get to a point where um, like I was reading this paper written by a former commandant of the Naval War College guys a flag officer post command flag officer and has a realization while he's the commandant of the war college like this epiphany that leadership's the most important thing until we get to a point where the institution believes that in their bone marrow like in their DNA that leadership's the most important thing and and acts that way with money and personnel and robust leadership development education it's nothing like it's never gonna change and we're gonna continue to have these problems where you have leadership on the cover of the navy times going i don't know what happened or or some pentagon spokesperson saying with a straight face that they don't understand why the military suicide rates are what they are um which is absurd it's like it's hard to explain this without sounding jaded and bitter because to a, to an extent I kind of am and I think a lot of other people feel the same way is like what is the Navy doing to ensure better quality chiefs now today absolutely nothing not notwithstanding the the anomalies out there that are doing a great job right like I talked to the CEO of the Mirtha um, I talked to there there are certain people out there that I talk to or that I am observing. Right. Like I've been trying to get Jay Bell on the podcast for a hot minute, but like whatever. He's a busy guy. I, I admire what I see via his social media and through people that know him and whatever that like mutual acquaintances that we have. Seems like that dude gets it and he's doing a great job. I, it, I, I really believe it would be as simple and I'm not campaigning for the job though i'm not i'm also not saying i wouldn't like come on as some kind of a consultant or helper or something but when you see a dude like jay like you could create an office in dc like some obscure encode somewhere or like millington or i don't know who cares somewhere you could create an office that put leadership development and education under smart kids like that right i jay bell see this is the cmc or bill Houlihan, whoever and uh, the CEO of the Mirtha, you go get him and put him in there. Put Jervia Loda in charge of. He's the the full bird captain that's in charge of it, and or flag or whatever. And then you got a CMC like Jay Bell or Bill Houlihan or 
you know, dudes like that, um, that, I mean, it wouldn't, it, what I'm saying is it wouldn't be that hard to fix. I really don't believe it, it's it. All it is, is an appetite for that change. And that appetite for change is what would drive the money, the personnel, et cetera. Right. Where there just isn't, there just isn't a desire to do like, I don't think anyone, which is shocking to me. I don't think anyone recognizes at the level we would need them to anyway recognizes the problem to be what it really is right I, I think they all are smart enough to know we have a problem with leadership but I don't think that they understand it to be a crippling like virus of a problem that is just like got its tentacles into everything and if you if you took the time to fix it you would see all these other problems that we do spend a lot of time and bandwidth and money on, like addressing the symptoms of them, like mental health and all this other stuff. We have a lot of acute mental health issues that only exist because we have such rampant leadership incompetence. So it's like I <laughs> you would see so many problems become way less severe or completely resolve themselves as a result of really putting like a lot of resources and and uh effort into robust leadership development and education but it's it's just not happening like you're seeing a little recognition and just a little push uh with the inlook eld stuff and and some of the other programs where it's like there's a few things and if you go look at like the navy leadership development continuum or the laying the keel like little pamphlet or whatever they make it look like there's a robust infrastructure with their little colorful charts and glossy pictures and little timelines with like when they're in this fair phase of their career, they do this. And, and it's like, but it's smoke and mirrors. Like, it's not real. If you go pull 100 sailors, uh, like 99, to maybe 100 of them are going to be like, yeah, no, nah, I've never had any leadership development. Education. Like PO index, not real on most most commands. Like uh, they won't let me go to NLEC ELD or they'll say, what's what's that? I don't know what NLEC ELD is. So it's it's just not it's not even close to being what it needs to be. Um, and, and that's a gigantic problem for which I've dedicated seven years of doing this podcast a bunch of other people out there doing similar things um that's we are where we are because they're not taking it seriously um my and it says my next question for her specifically as a first class says my i feel as though my scope is limited uh it is and it isn't we'll get to that which uh she says is true i am limited due to my rank and position and that i can only influence so much and I'm mostly limited to my command or maybe even my area in the command. Um, but I see issues every day that affect the entire Navy or my community or my rating. What can a first class do to inspire positive change uh, further than what the normal scope of impact usually is? Um, and then she basically said, don't, so, you know, like aside from, please don't suggest aside for like, or she said, aside from suggesting that I make chief and then become a CMC and maybe someday the McPond, what can I do now today? to make the Navy better for our future. Um, Cause she said, this is my overall goal and why I do everything I do. I want to make the Navy a better place and a better organization for the sailors who are going to join 20 years from now. What can I do as a first class to improve programs, policies, and the future leaders of the Navy? I've held various collateral duties and lists some of those and done my best to achieve success in those programs within my command, but I want to do more. I want to see 
bigger change. So <laughs> you just described me uh, 10 years ago, probably eh, longer than that, I guess. But as a young chief, I, um, I felt the exact same way. I wanted to fix it and I decided that I was going to do what you just described. I was going to stick around. I was going to become the CMC. I was going to become the fleet or force. I was going to become the MCPON and I was going to fix everything and quickly realized uh, as I continued to promote that you never really get away from um, the whole the the my sphere of influence uh concept of like as i promoted right as i got increased responsibility through position and rank i grew my sphere of influence but there's two giant problems with that one i can only affect what's within my sphere of influence which is limited and it's not the whole navy um it would be if i was the mcpon i guess but we'll get to that too but i can only affect what's within my sphere of influence and and this kind of applies to the MCPON part as well. Anything I do based on the transient nature of the military, when you're looking at it from a career perspective, or when you're looking at it from just like a, a tour perspective, or even like holding a collateral duty for a limited amount of time perspective or a position, um, you're, you're only affecting what's within that sphere of influence while you're physically present, while you're in that place or that job or whatever, right? So... I could be the world's best CMC if I had stayed in, right? I'm not saying that that's what I would have been, but I'm just saying, like, I, let's say I did everything perfectly and I was just God's gift, right? Or just really good, right? Like, good, like, like the command culture on the Mirtha, like CO and the CMC and everybody, they put together a crazy, like an amazing culture that I think mo probably almost all sailors on board were really appreciative of, right? And they were really happy with to the extent that you can be while you're doing something that's as hard as what we do and as stressful as what we do. As soon as I transfer, and I talked to Captain Aloda about this um, and the uh, the boatswain's mate senior chief I talked to that was on the Mirtha as well at the time. Like, I talked to him about it as well. And it's like, once you leave, it might, like, linger, right? I'm sure it will for a while, but eventually, all of the positive impact just kind of leaves with you. Um, unless they're, I mean, God willing, which it doesn't normally happen, like you get another transformative leader behind that, which my, I say that for lack of a better word, I don't really believe in transformative leaders, but that's another conversation for another time. Um, so it's it's kind of the the problem with it and the reason that I I mean it's not the reason but a big reason why I retired when I did was I realized through through the experience of trying to do what you described where like oh, I'm going to change the institution from within be the change you want to see all those fun little like meme quote things that you see from like influencers and like like leadership or like motivational quotes and influencers and stuff um the problem with that is that the navy as an institution not going to change because of me it's just not um i think you if you if you snapped your fingers and made me the mcpon tomorrow it wouldn't change like i would piss a ton of people off um 
I would probably end up getting to the point where I just went scorched earth in D.C. You'd see me on C-SPAN testifying before Congress just losing my absolute shit. But I don't think it would make any difference long term. I don't think it would shift the institution in the way that we want it to go. Um, And I retired because I found a way to do that, I think, or to be a part of it, I guess. So I realized because I've been doing this podcast for seven years. I realized that I was making and this is just a small individual realization, but I realized that I was making more of a difference like I was making the impact, the positive impact as a leader and as a chief that I wanted to on a way larger scale by doing the podcast. Um, I the institutional change I wanted to make. I felt like I was doing a better job of it by doing the podcast than I ever could if I stayed in the Navy. And I still believe that right now. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't positively influence things from within. What you would need to be willing to accept is that outside of the impact that you have on the people that uh, interact with you within your own sphere of influence, then that impact's not going to last. It's like you're you're going to have a lot of people that remember things you said to them, that remember how you made them feel, that remember how you helped them, and hopefully that translates into strong leadership performance um, on on their part. Hopefully they they pick up strong leadership competence by doing the thing, but maybe not hopefully though like that's the goal it's always the goal right um however when i what i noticed is that by doing the podcast i i can just reach so many more people i can correspond with so many more people i can create a resource that doesn't require my physical presence and attention span and waking moments of my life to happen uh, perpetually, right? So, like, I, if I put this video on YouTube, which hopefully this stupid thing works, it keeps making me hit the record button again after 16 minutes, but, you know, here we are. Hopefully I can chop it together. Um, but if I put this video on YouTube, right, or I put the podcast up, so, yes, I'm spending, you know, 40 minutes, 50 minutes, an hour of my life recording it one time, and then it gets hundreds of views on YouTube. It gets a thousand plus downloads which is typical for the podcast right now like the video part not as robust podcast itself within a week you're usually at about a thousand views or a thousand listens i guess so i mean that's like within a month or two i got I've, i've reached a couple thousand people even further than that it's like the entirety of the podcast like i posted it on new year's <clears throat> have like a quarter million listens all time like all told or it might even be more than that i can't remember this last year ninety thousand just audio listens ninety thousand and i it's not like that was me standing on a stage i wasn't in somebody's shop i wasn't on the phone with people i wasn't doing zooms i create the resource i post the resource and then the resource just does the work right that's why I'm able to correspond with so many people all the time. Like I get these emails. I'm doing a podcast on an email right now. 
and and then these questions will be answered for not just the person that submitted it but like everybody that chooses to listen to it and that ever had this question and then they tag people in it or share it or send it to somebody or whatever and then that's how it's grown over time and that's how i believe it'll continue to grow and continue to help and even if i stop doing it the resource as long as i keep the resource available it's going to just continue to be useful over time and just have the slow burn of continued applicability right so but this is just how i chose to do it that doesn't mean it's the same answer for you but i arrived at doing this because i was trying to 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 scratch the same itch i guess like i was trying to fix the same problem that you're confronting and realized that um even though i used to think i was 10 feet tall and bulletproof and i really believed i just had a, a higher capacity to affect change do work blah 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 lead um i didn't have the a superhero like capacity or like a god like capacity that i would need to fix the navy like it's just not gonna happen as an individual but here's the way that i choose to look at it maybe i'm being a, a, a cockeyed optimist in this in this way which for me is not normal i'm a bit of a nihilist but i decided to believe that the way in which i'm affecting people doing this and and it, it, like for the for the listener that submitted the questions if you want i can forward you some of the examples but i have like if i compile them all i have hundreds of pages of people reaching out to me and communicating the positive effect that the platform had on them as sailors them as leaders them as people whatever however you want to you know articulate that and i'm choosing to believe that thing examples like that and things like i got an email saying that um they recommend my podcast at the pxo school so every single xo um and it, it i'm pretty sure it was like the surface one i don't know if i'm assuming they're different for like pxos for submarines and then other places i guess i don't know but somebody but for a pxo pipeline said they're recommending my podcast think about that they're recommending this resource like pseudo officially like they're recommending it to all the students that go through that course for the xo school which means two out of three people in a command triad are gonna be exposed to that if they choose to listen to it so there's that part you know but they're recommending this to those people so theoretically two out of three are at least exposed in that they are made aware that the resource exists if they don't leverage it um but that's two two-thirds of the command triad and you know xos become co's co's become admirals so i'm choosing to believe that i i can contribute to the change that i want to see because i don't think i can do it by myself but um, I can contribute to the change that I want to see within the institution by doing what I'm doing in a much more meaningful way than I ever could if I had remained on active duty, even if I got all the way to McPon. Because if I had stayed in and pursued that role and tried to change from within, like people like to, to say, um, all of my bandwidth is dedicated to only what I can achieve from my direct sphere of influence that's the the handicap there is it's like you can't do 
all the work by yourself, even if even with a great team, but you're just in that Mick Pond role. Like, could you make a big impact? Could you maybe like start the ball rolling on some really big change? Of course you could. Right. Um, but I would have to devote all my bandwidth to that role and that role only. So only what's going to be in my direct sphere of influence. You could make an argument that because my direct sphere of influence, if I were to achieve that role of Mick Pond, would be the whole Navy. But it's like, I'm not the CNO. <laughs> I'm just a guy that can suggest things and um, hope that the credibility I have based on my depth and breadth of experience and the fact that I'm in this position will... Uh, influence the decision makers enough to actually do what I'm telling them needs to be done, right? I don't get to just make decisions about much in that role, right? Like they don't get to just say, hey, we need more leadership development. Make it happen, Congress. Give me some money. Like that's not how that works at all. Um, and I think that's what I, I suspect. I, I still want to talk to a, a retired McPon about this, but I suspect that what's that's what... Uh, becomes so frustrating about that job is if you're if you're actually trying to fix stuff in those roles um, I think you pretty rapidly realize the bureaucracy is just this uh like immovable object on un unnavigable like just dumpster fire um, so when you and it's like I'm sure a lot of people agree with everything that the McPond says about like hey we need this, this and we got to fix this and we need funding for this but actually getting that to happen is a whole different can of worms so um i think by doing what i'm doing i'm making a way bigger impact whether or not that fixes anything besides making uh like making better leaders and making people like I, i've got a lot of emails about like hey i'm much more motivated or you've reinvigorated me or whatever um even if that's all I'm doing, I think that makes the institution better and it makes it better on a scale that I don't think I could have achieved in uniform. So what does that mean to you? Right. Because she's like, oh, I'm, I'm just a first class. Um, I'm not a big fan of that perspective. I, I understand what you're saying. Your sphere, your direct sphere of influence is much smaller. Go lay down, Moose. My dog is trying to interrupt me. <laughs> Go lay down, buddy. Um, it's. You, you don't have the ability to do certain things because you're not a chief or because whatever, but that doesn't mean you can't do a lot of really impactful things all the way up to including something like this with what if it's a podcast. Cool. If it's a YouTube channel. Cool. If it's just you live streaming on Instagram. Cool. I, there's probably ways that I don't even understand. Like I TikTok's not a thing for me. Um, I don't think it ever will be because I'm terrified of the algorithm and the it infecting all my devices stuff. But um, I am trying to find a way around that passively. Like, can I just get like a standalone phone and like keep it in a bag or something? I don't know. Um, if there's any CT ethical hacker types out there that can tell me how to get around that, that'd be cool. Because um, it would be neat to interact. With, I know there's a lot of sailors on TikTok, but I'm just like, I'm scared. That's <laughs> that's the answer. Is I don't want it to be infecting all the devices. Even though my wife has it on her phone, so I guess I'm I'm screwed either way. Um uh, however you want to do it, right? And it's like you would have to identify your own unique way of 
of achieving this. Um, and I'm like, and I, we're going to talk listener that submitted this email about you being involved in this platform. Um, because I'm all for it. I, I do want this podcast to become a little bit of like a repository kind of like us and I, like, um, the proceedings magazine stuff where people submit articles and it's, it's a lot of the content in proceedings magazine, um, is user generated, like, uh, reader generated content, right? Like, or, um, people are referred to like their essay contests, or you can just submit articles for inclusion in in, they have like a, a column or a area called nobody asked me. And so like, but like, so that somebody writes an article about something that's just frustrating them or whatever. I would like this to be the podcast version of that in a lot of ways where I could get to like where I'm publishing multiple podcasts a week. And one of them isn't me and only my viewpoint, context, opinion, analysis, whatever, um, or me and a guest. It's like something completely different. And I'm working on that. There's a couple gentlemen that are working on a podcast. I got to look back and see where we end left off with that. Um, I think they might have recorded one finally. Um, but and then like the foundation stuff uh, again, like I got to find somebody to do that. But uh, it's I want very I want a variety of content, like a diverse uh, content. And like a diverse perspective in that content. Um, and I don't just mean I mean diverse like race color creed sexual orientation all that kind of stuff but i also mean diverse like rank uh community um like even service like the dude that went through the chief season in the space force like shout out to shout out to him that was a dope podcast but like there's so much to learn from so many people so many lead like veterans like i got a bunch of things recently uh where people are reaching out to me like veterans that own businesses that are trying to help other veterans that i'm probably going to start bringing on and so i want it to be a repository so like we're going to talk about that and and maybe that can be that can scratch that itch for you for now and maybe that grows into something totally different or you're just part of this forever or wh- or whatever but i think if if that is your genuine desire that's really what what you're on fire about um I don't know that you can do it from within unless I mean, because even if you became the CNO, CNO answers to the SECNAV, SECNAV answers to Secretary of Defense, uh, Secretary of Defense answers to like the funding whims of whatever continuing resolution or Defense Authorization Act. That's you know, what I mean, like it's it's not as simple as if I was king for a day, I would wave my scepter and this would be fixed. Yeah, but there's no such thing. Not really. And once you would get to, let's say you became president of the United States, it's like, you're not paying attention to stuff like this. You're just not like, you don't have the bandwidth for that. And even if you did, you'd be neglecting a whole bunch of other arguably way more important, or at least like it, there was immediacy, like uh, you'd be neglecting a bunch of, a bunch of priorities that you can't neglect because one person can't possibly just be the end, end all be all. So, I don't know. That was probably way more long-winded than it needed to be as far as what you can do. But that's that's what I would encourage you to do is, like, try to find a way. Like, like it, it can be as simple as just write an article for proceedings. And then that that's going to get a lot of exposure to the types of like-minded people that are working towards that kind of change. And maybe, like, because you got to think, like, USNI is a big organization with a lot of 
retired like flag officers and like fleets and forces and you know like high level people that uh that magazine is getting read by high level people it's in the office it's around um and it's not everybody but there's a bunch of people reading that there's a bunch of exposure you could get from just doing that from doing other podcasts from doing this podcast maybe doing a youtube thing or doing a live stream thing there's a lot of really interesting influencers out there uh, shout out to my homie christina on tiktok doing the damn thing helping sailors um shout out like there's there's the pt the ptsf guys uh doing the podcast they're all over youtube with way better video than mine <laughs> um there's there's uh there's an influencer i keep seeing um i think she's a supply officer that does tiktok type stuff that might be reels or tiktok or both but uh, and hers are just short form content she's not you know like this isn't how she makes the rent you know like but she does a bunch of of and i think a lot of it's mental health based um stuff like that so that's the kind of there's a lot of ways to do it um but the long and short of it you just got to find a way um that's going to work for you and meet those needs and kind of kind of um satisfy that drive that you have to uh, make that type of a difference now um as far as i I want to address because it's different but it your question kind of jogged my um i don't know memory slash desire to talk about this specific point is the saying that i understand um what did you say exactly you talked about what can a first class do to inspire positive change um further than what their normal scope of impact usually is because you're right when you say that your scope your your sphere of influence is is smaller than like say mine when i retired as a master chief right um because of course it is that's just how hierarchies work that doesn't mean you can't operate outside of the hierarchy in certain ways um and ways that you can do that is um so you mentioned like you were a command career counselor and a simio and a sponsorship and indoc coordinator right there are ways that you can really um make a difference for those people when they're interacting with those programs that you own by not just running them but by do going above and beyond and making a big difference but are you going to make institutional level change no you're not um could you solve a problem for a long time and or permanently? Yeah, you could. And, and I mean, you could say that might qualify as institutional level change. Um, it, it, it depends. Like, it, there's probably anomalies out there as far as, like, cases where, like, like I talked about the, um, I forgot the name's going to escape me, but there was a group of sailors, one of which was one of my A-school kids that I did a podcast with. Um and they kind of created a little organization. It was like uh, life something. Um, it's going to escape me, but I, I don't want to just pause and say uh, a million times. But like it was a thing that they just kind of created to make sure that everybody kind of felt like they uh, were included and that they were valuable and that they um, 
weren't like lost in the sauce, you know, like especially like around the holidays, like that are not the kid that's on the ship by themselves, that they like have somewhere to go and that they feel and they would do really cool stuff. CO and all them got behind it. And then the program started to spread in the I think it was Pearl Harbor area um, and then got recommended to, you know, big Navy, I think. And but, you know, then the cynical part of me comes out and is like, yeah, but then somebody in DC is going to type up a nav admin and release it. And it's one more program. We got to have a binder for, and you know what I mean? And it's going to like lose its, uh, efficacy because those sailors aren't the ones implementing it. Um, so I think there's, there are things that you can do operating outside the traditional lifelines, um, like that, where those sailors just saw a need much like I did when I started the podcast and created something and got the command triad to buy in, right? And support them. And they made a huge difference on that ship. Um, and arguably on a few other ships, if it if it was implemented in a meaningful way, like if they really believed in it. Um, but it's, I would say those things can kind of, once they once they leak outside the lifelines where of the ship or like of that command or whatever, and, and these things could be applied at just like a work center level too. Like, so when you're talking about a smaller sphere of influence, a first class petty officer that's in an LPO role, you can do so much for the sailors that are your direct reports by just caring and going out of your way to make their life less painful, uh, creature comforts, uh, like, hey, you got dental today and like cutting people loose early. Um, drink runs I talk about a lot. Um, I want to make a shirt for that. Uh, it's random things that I think about while I'm doing podcasts. Um, but yeah, it's like just there's a lot of little things that you can do that that to that sailor, to that E3 at, that's at the bottom, bottom like rung of the military hierarchy um, is huge just enormous the impact for them is enormous and so a lot of times as leaders we get lost in the oh i'm not fixing the institution so this i'm not making a difference to that e3 you showing up at just the right moment during a store's load and handing them their favorite energy drink is like finding a hundred dollar bill on the sidewalk like it's a big deal to them in that moment and it's it's that my Angelou quote. I don't remember. People don't remember what you say to them. They remember how you make them feel. I probably butchered that, but you get the, the sentiment is accurate where it's like it for something that seems so like whatever, like just this throwaway moment where I did a thing. That's not a big deal. I spent three bucks on a monster. Like calm down. It's not a big deal to them. Like it's not that you spent three dollars on a monster. It's that like so during a stores load, I would recognize the tension because they were ridiculous. I've talked about it on other podcasts, but I would recognize the tension of like, we've, it's been a long couple of days. At least it's, everybody's getting frustrated. Everybody's tired. Everybody's hungry. Everybody wants to go home. So when I would feel like that, I could feel that tension in the air. Like when I would get to a point where I could, I could recognize that be like, Hey, I'll be right back. And I would just disappear 30 minutes later. Cause it's a hike, like ballistic missile submarines. It's like, security on security it takes 15 minutes to get from where the submarine well i mean it takes 20 minutes 25 minutes to like walk to your car which is really far away and then drive up to like the mini next but anyway um i come back with like a big sack of everybody's favorite thing right like whatever tea or drink or gatorade or monster or whatever 
And it was just this big, like, you'd feel all that tension just like, ah, melt away. Everybody, we sit around in a circle and talk shit and drink our drinks and then kind of, okay, you know, break time's over. Let's get back to work. But we're all kind of like laughing through the pain at that point. But it makes a big difference. And it's like, you're the person that did that. You're the person that caused that laughter. You're the person that cut through that tension. You're the person that improved everybody's mood. And you're the person that made the experience bearable. And you that's repeatable, right? That's very repeatable in a lot of different circumstances. So... I would say like there don't just look for the home runs like look for the bunts man look for the singles look for the base steals where you can just um, you have the control in a certain environment to just uh, you know somebody's day after duty and you're just like hey don't you have dental today <laughs> you know like <laughs> don't you it, it's your turn to have dental today don't you have dental today and send people home early or whatever right there's there's little things you can do and i don't get unethical i'm, I'm using that as an example where i would be like if anybody asks you got dental get out of here you know um could you argue that's unethical sure like but you know <laughs> little white lie <laughs> whatever i'm retired now i can i can air this dirty laundry um but yeah it's it's there's a lot that you can do at the first class level. Um, I encourage you to find the podcast and specifically to the person that emailed me this. If you haven't listened to it already, go find first. There were firsts. It's uh, a podcast that's associated with. I think it's on the teaching of the creed playlist. If not, uh, it's an initiation chronicles episode and it's on that playlist. One of the two. I can't remember which one, but go listen to that podcast. Um, in In a abstract way you already are a chief and that might piss some people off and i wouldn't recommend telling a chief that to their face in some kind of a confrontational way but uh in a lot in an abstract way you already are in that role um because first there were firsts go listen to the podcast um but yeah you can make a, a most first classes out there think that their ability to uh, influence change and or just take care of their people like the the scope of their ability to do that is much much smaller than it is um, I would argue that a really motivated and and informed first class petty officer or even better a group of them I'm talking like two or three like you don't need like the whole first class mess on board with this stuff like three just super motivated first classes that want to make an organization better that want to take care of sailors that want to do all the things that we're talking about. You can make a huge impact, especially if you find a way to get the chief's mess to cosign, which sounds hard, if not impossible to a lot of first classes when I have this type of a conversation it's easier than you think. Like if you fix a problem for the chief's mess or volunteer to try to fix a problem, right? We're going to throw rose petals at your feet because it's a problem I don't got to deal with if I've got a bunch of smart, capable first classes. And it's like like low hanging fruit, right? Like PO Indoc when it was a thing or, you know, nowadays, um, we do the Inlick ELD thing and it's optional or whatever, but doing some type of leadership development, education and training, even if that's being point for like sailor 360, there's gotta be chiefs behind that. That doesn't mean you can't be super involved. 
um, doing stuff like that for the second classes or third classes. Um, finding ways to like good order and discipline things. Like there was a group of motivated first classes and I'm not saying like this made a tremendous difference, but it was an encouraging sign at the time where there was only like two or three of them that they were like, we really want to uh, activate the first class mess and we want to have a meaningful role. We don't, we don't want to just do like, simple things that you know like it's like this little stupid throwaway thing like a blue jacket of the nah, blue jacket of the quarter board's not a stupid throwaway thing but they don't want to just do traditional like kind of whatever things they wanted to be involved in like maintaining good order and discipline on the ship and developing sailors and doing all the doing chief things like chief things right um and the chief's mess was like like okay bring me a bring me a plan and so they did and they started doing this thing where they were like posting these like policy memos um and like really like holding people accountable and doing things on the deck plate and it was like some of it was a little clunky and and uh it took like took some correct course correction or whatever um but it was it was an encouraging sign and and you can get a lot done when you have a group of people like that that are motivated to to for positive change like so, um, so yeah, I guess I'll, I guess I'll stop there with that, these points. Um, if I didn't answer everything from the email, let me know. I think I, I think I touched on the important stuff. Um, and I mean, I'll write you back too, but, um, yeah, I, I, and then the, like the, to address the, really the last question she said, also, I hear most of the episodes, uh, you said, hit us up or send us an email. Is there a DGETS team or is it just one individual? If there is a team and you ever need anybody to help, blah, blah, blah. And basically, like, <coughs> saying that they're interested in being involved, which is, is great because I want you to be involved. And we'll get to that. I'll email you. But, um, yeah, it, for everyone else, it's like, it, it, yes, there's a team. It's a little more like on a loose affiliation. Chief Bob is... Um, probably the, like the, he's the one that sticks around. Like <laughs> he's my ride or die, but like, he's probably the most permanent member of the team. Um, but it's like, yeah, it's, I mean, I have a lot of just like collaborators. I would say right now, I would like for it to be a more permanent thing, but also most of the people I'm, I'm interacting with that are involved are on active duty and are busy because that's how the cookie crumbles. Right. But if you are interested in being involved, even if it's one-offs when you have time, um, very much like the USNI process for essay submission, hit me up. Tell me you want to do it. And even if you just record one podcast or like three a year or something, like who cares? Whatever. I'm in. Um, I would very much like for uh, people to do that, to be involved, to interact, and especially to contribute. I, I really am passionate about that. And I would really, really love for uh, listeners and other people to, um, that want to be involved or just want a platform, <coughs> excuse me, for, um, publishing something like this, even if it's contrary to my viewpoint, like I, I like, even if you want to tell me I'm a big idiot and I'm wrong and here's why, you know, like I'm probably going to have a commentary on why I disagree, but I'm okay with that. Even like whatever it is, hit me up. Uh, but yeah, I'm very interested in people contributing, collaborating, being involved, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and yeah, if you want to do that or if you want to just provide some feedback, tell me I'm an idiot. Whatever. Hit us up. Don't give up the shit podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us. Don't give up the shit podcast. Or you can DM us on Instagram or Reddit at Podcast. 
uh, or Discord or God, just everything. Just hit us up. It's all in the notes and on the social media and all the things. Uh, if you want to support us, go to dgutspodcast.com. There's a donate button on the website. Or uh, you can go to dgutsapparel.com. Don't give up the ship apparel. Naval Pride and Heritage Gear. You'll actually wear in public. Uh, get yourself some cool stuff. Uh, drink run shirts inbound. I'm going to start working on that. <laughs> um, and then if you want to support us, uh, financially, if you can, uh, it helps us do things like buy cameras that I don't know how to use. <laughs> so <laughs> go to patreon.com slash dguts podcast. There's a bunch of cool benefits, uh, that come along with that. Um, and you know, if you, if you got the money to throw away on a dude like me, <laughs> uh, that's how you do it. Go to patreon.com slash dguts podcast and, uh, become a patron today. And I would really, really eternally appreciate it. Uh, and that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening. And don't give up the ship. Hey, shout out to our awesome patrons. We got Ryan Lebrecht. Hopefully I'm saying that right. We got my man Seth that I just talked to on the podcast. Greg Robbins, Victoria Living Good. Hopefully I said it right that time, Victoria. And William McIver, you guys are amazing. You're enabling us to do a lot of the awesome things that we're, we're waiting on funds to do. And we really, really appreciate your support. If you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash dgutspodcast and become a member today.